How we doing? Good. Woot. I always thought that was funny. You go to concerts and like, how's everybody doing tonight? And they're all like, woo! Doesn't even make sense. Like if I came up to you on the street and said, how you doing? And you yelled at me, that would not be appreciated. Um, so when I, uh, when I was in seminary, I took a preaching class and they told us to never start out your messages or your sermons with an apology. Never like have a disclaimer or anything like that. But I never did well in seminary and I didn't finish, so here we go. Um, just a forewarning, just a little disclaimer. I have a tendency, and I've been told, and I know this for a fact, that I talk fast at certain times. So I'm just going to give you a little bit of warning that when I pick up, I'm sorry, um, doing my best to slow down a little bit. So hopefully you can stay with me. Uh, if not, then this will be online later. But um, so there's that, and moving on. Uh, um, I'm really excited to be here today. I'm really excited to be hanging out with you guys. And uh, I missed you last week. Just even not being here is really cool. And just not being here is it's hard. You guys are a great community to be a part of. And I'm just really excited. Cynthia and I are really excited to be a part of this community. Uh, I'm just going to dive right into what we're talking about because I'm really excited about what we're talking about. We're finishing up a series called What Does God Want? Where we've been asking the question, what does God want? And... Um, keeping it simple. And so we've been going through this part, uh, section of scripture titled the Sermon on the Mount. And in case you don't know why it was called the Sermon on the Mount, it's pretty simple. Jesus was giving a, a sermon or a message and he was, he was standing on a mountain. So they went along with that. That's historically accurate. Um, anyway, but through this series, we've been talking about a lot of different topics. We've talked about how to be salt and light in your community. And uh, we talked about anger and how to deal with that. And we talked about judging and how to and how not to do that. We talked about loving your enemies and we talked about where your treasure lies. Uh, but all these things were things that Jesus told us how to live a life as a Christ follower. Specific things he told us how to live out a way that we can follow God. And in case you missed any of those, we would love for you to be able to hear those. Um, it's on our, on our website. You can go to lifepointchurch.com slash listen. And all of our messages will be on there. And you can catch up and listen to those. Or you can go on iTunes and uh, get our podcast. And there's all free on there. You can search for us. Um, However, not hearing those messages doesn't mean you're not going to be able to follow along today. We'll be able to move right along, but it's just going to help out. Now, there are a couple of different ways that people have looked at the Sermon on the Mount throughout history. Uh, one of the ways is that they said Jesus preached this message to show this ultimate morality that we can never reach in this lifetime, that we can never reach while we're here on earth because it's so perfect. So we could only hope to attain it after death. So it's not really relevant for today. Another group of people who say that Jesus preach this message in order to show God's ultimate and perfect morality, and hopefully that humans would despair in our morality, because I don't know if you notice, but we're not the most moral of beings, um, and so hopes that we would trust in God's righteousness and his perfection, and then we kind of substitute that. Well, I think both of those are, have some valid points in them. I think they're both missing the fact that while Jesus is presenting a very challenging lifestyle, uh, it's one that he is speaking in a way that's supposed to be very practical for our lives. Uh, one that we're supposed to be able to live out uh, in our day-to-day -day lives. And someone who calls himself a Christ follower would live these out daily. You guys with me? Make sense? Don't be scared. All right, cool. Um, so with that in mind, we're going to go ahead and move in. We're, um, we in the book of Matthew, chapter 7. If you don't have a Bible, we would love for you to have one. Uh, you just, uh, ushers are going to be coming down with Bibles if you want to use one. If you don't have a Bible, you don't have one at all, we'd love for you to have this. It's our gift to you. We believe the words in there are true. And uh, it's going to be really important, not only for today, but also at home and further, I'd like you to dive into it. If you didn't bring one or you just forgot it and you have one at home, you want to borrow it, please feel free to do that as well. 
as you can see, that's what I did. Um, also, if you have a Bible that has a couple pages dog-eared, that's the other one I had earlier. So you got, there's no notes in there. You won't be able to look ahead. Anyway, so I should read this. We're um, Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 24. You can either follow along in your Bible or on the screen, or if you have one of those cool phones, you can do it there too. So because there's an app for that. Um, here we go. Starting in verse 24, Matthew chapter 7, page 673, if you're in this one. Here we go. Therefore, all right, so I had a youth pastor in high school who told me that if you ever see therefore, always ask, what's it there for? So basically what Jesus is saying is him talking. He says, therefore, with all this in mind, everything that I've just told you, all these ways that I, I expect a follower of me to live on a real level, with all this in mind, here's and then what he's getting ready to say. Okay, we good? Here we go. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So Jesus closes up this huge message, this huge sermon with a parable. And in case you don't know what a parable is, a parable is just a story told in a way to teach a lesson. Uh, for example, if you have kids and you want to teach your children that hitting other kids is bad, maybe you might tell them a, st a story about how one kid hit a kid and that kid got in trouble and bad things happened. Make sense? Cool. So that's what Jesus is doing with us. I think he has to do that with us a lot because we're not the brightest bunch. At least I'm not. Um, anyway, so what he's saying in this parable is... There's two ways of living. We can either live our lives with our foundation based on the rock or live our lives with a foundation based on sand, which apparently moves. Okay, so we're going to break that down just a little bit. Um, there's two foundations. What are they? Rocks and what? Sand. Well done. So first one starting out, there's a sand. This doesn't seem to make a lot of sense in our context, but in Jesus' context, this would have made quite a bit of sense because around the Sea of Galilee, which is where Jesus is and they would all be familiar, familiar with, is this, in the summer it would get so hot the sand would get so hard because the heat would like bake it. And it would really feel like you could build a house on it. And so you could build your house in this dry area that felt secure, but come the autumn rains where that house is could turn into a river and houses no more. And then there's the rock that we can live on and we can build our house on rocks that are stable and secure. And a wise builder, not only then, but now would know that you have to dig several feet below the surface to get into the bedrock to establish a firm foundation for whatever it is you're building. Whenever you think of the word rock, you don't think of, you know, soft and fluffy. You think of, you know, hard and secure and stable and Chevy trucks and Bob Seger songs and stuff like that. You know, things that are going to really, you know, stand firm. Um, I almost started singing there. Anyway, here's what he's saying. That would have been bad. He said, there's two ways to build a house, either with or without a foundation. And the house that is built on a foundation that's a solid rock is going to be able to stand firm. And the one that's not, there's only going to be a matter of time before trouble comes and that house is no longer there. That's why if you go to a bank today, not today, but tomorrow, if you go to a bank and say, I would like to get a loan for a house that is on the beach. Like, okay, well, tell me about it. Well, it's, you know, it's a great house, great view, but there's absolutely no foundation whatsoever. It's like three feet from the water. They just plopped it right on the sand. You're not going to get a loan for that house. You might get a laugh, but you're not going to get a loan for that house because it's only a matter of time for that house ceases to exist, right? And see, Cynthia and I are uh, experiencing this right now, unfortunately. We are trying to sell our house. Uh, back in Boone. It's a trailer, and for a lot of very valid reasons, you cannot get a loan on a trailer anymore. 
And because, you know, mainly they're nowhere near as secure as a stick-built house, you know, the house and the foundation and everything. Just, but one of the, that's one of the first questions they ask when you're trying to sell it or a buyer or a realtor. They say, how's the foundation or what kind of foundation is it on? And I have no idea. Like, that, I don't know anything about construction. I learned like a week ago what a jigsaw is. Um, so I'm always like, I don't know a, a good one. So, but that never works, and it's, that's why it's still for sale. So if you need a mountain house, you know who to call. Uh, anyway, so Jesus is saying that trouble and strife and turmoil and hardship and difficulty, all this stuff is going to come. You're going to lose your job. You're going to get sick. Okay, it's not encouraging. It's not fun, but this is life. Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. So we can't set our lives up in such a way that says, you know what? Everything's going to be fine as long as nothing goes wrong. Because it's not how it works. Something's going to go wrong. Multiple somethings are going to go wrong. Something's going to hit. It's just, it's going to happen. It's life. And so we have to ask the question, what is the rock? What is the rock that Jesus is talking about? What is the foundation that we're supposed to build our lives on? Because we have to make sure that the foundation of our life is firmly established. And here's the problem. Most of us haven't even thought about what kind of foundation we're building for our lives. And what Jesus is talking about here, the foundation, the rock that he is discussing, is the word of God. Jesus says, listen to my words and live it out. It's like building your house on a rock. So that's what he's calling us to do. Listen to my words and live it out. And here's the deal. Everybody is building their house, their life on a foundation. We are all building our life on a foundation. So it's either by design or by default. You're either choosing to build your life on a foundation or it's happening for you. Does that make sense? Maybe? A little? All right, sweet. Um, so, it's, so the foundation is being built. And so now as we begin to talk about this, maybe now's a good time for you to think about, you know, maybe kind of do a structural inspection of your life, a structural inspection of your foundation. To ask, we all need to ask the question, you know, what kind of foundation am I building my life on? You know, what does my foundation look like? In uh, James, the book of James, this is a book in the New Testament towards the right. Um, he says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Pretty simple, right? Hear it, read it, do it. So what he's saying is the evidence of whether one is truly a believer or not is whether one does the words of God. Because if all we do is read the word or just come to church and listen and be like, all right, I'm out of here, it's like we have these amazing blueprints for this awesome structure or house, and it's just perfect, and you can see it, and it's just there, and it's just great, and you know it's going to be wonderful, and then just setting it aside and never doing anything with it. We have to build we have to allow those plans to come to fruition in our lives, that foundation to be built. And Luke chapter 6, verse 46 is another account of the Sermon on the Mount that rhymed. And Jesus is saying, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? It's a pretty logical question. I mean, it's like us saying, hey, God, you know what? You're right. You're perfect. You're true. You know everything. You're the king. You're the boss. You, you know, you got it all. But I disagree. It doesn't make sense. I mean, really, with him? But see, every time we sin, every time we, you know, we know the words of God and we, we don't do them, that's what we're saying with our actions. We're saying, God, look, I know, I know you're right. I know it's right because, you know, you're God. But I, you know, I disagree. This doesn't even make sense. And I'm sure that, that Jesus' listeners, I'm sure, were asking the question, you know, what kind of house am I building? What does my foundation look like? Begin, you know, begin to ask those questions to themselves. And that's what I want to ask you. What kind of house are you building? 
Are you building your house on the firm foundation, on the true rock that is in Jesus Christ? Are you both hearing his words and living them out? Because if you are, then when the storms of life come, when, not if, the storms of life come, you're going to be able to stand firm and weather those storms. But if you're not, then you're going to fall apart. And I say that with complete sincerity and not in judgment in any way, because listen, I don't know all of you and all of you don't know me, but listen, I do not want you to fall apart. When the storms come into your life, I want you to be able to stand firm, rooted in the foundation that is in hearing God's word and living that out. And when those storms come, I want you to be able to stand and weather those. That's what I want for your life. It's what I want for my life. It's what I want for all of us. It's what God wants for us. Okay, and here's, here's what I don't want to happen. I don't want you to look up here and think, well, that's easy for you to say. You know, you know, the, it's, you know your life isn't, you don't know what I'm experiencing. Listen, I feel so incredibly inadequate preaching on having a firm foundation. Okay, and I, I try to live my life rooted in who Jesus is and try to live out how, how he calls me to live all the time, but it's not easy. I mean, I've had storms in my life, big and small, just like all of us. You know, I've had to replace a few shutters now and again, but I'm trying, I'm struggling. I'm asking that, you know, you'll struggle with me. See, someone with a firm foundation in Christ is going to be able to stand firm when the storms of life come. Because, I don't know if you notice in the, in the parable, the exact same storm hit both houses. There's the winds and the rain and the water. The exact same storm hit the both houses. The only difference was the reaction of the house. And the only difference in the houses was the foundation. Okay, so someone with a firm foundation is going to be able to stand firm. And you know people like this. Maybe you're one of these people who just flip out at the smallest things. I mean, just, you know, no reason whatsoever. Like you go in your kitchen in the morning, you open the fridge, there's no milk. And you're like, this is the worst day of my life. Just things that don't even make sense, just stupid stuff. And listen, I am like this all the time. Listen, I'm Italian, okay? And if there's three things you need to know about Italians, or you already know, is that we love food, we love family, and we have short tempers. I mean, do you see the Godfather? That was like my childhood. All right, come on. Not really. Don't, don't. My parents were last week when I did that, and they were like, oh, my gosh. So they didn't appreciate that at all. Anyway, um, writing this message was incredibly eye-opening for me to kind of figure out the, like, okay, I'm talking about not allowing things to, you know, mess up our foundation, and I'm flipping out because little things. I'll give you an example because it's fun. Um, and by the way, I have permission to share this story, so don't think. <gasps> um, so here we go. I have an amazing wife. I mean, just perfect in every way for me. I mean, you got to see her just, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Anyway, she really is my better half. And what's great, and I know this sounds cliche, but we don't really ever fight. Like, we don't. We get along, and it's great, and it's perfect, and it's, it's really good. And we hardly ever fight. We have three jobs, and we do them all together, like, at the same time, and it's great. We pretty much have one car, and it's all, like, 23 out of every 24 hours, it's like, you know, it just works. It's great. It's wonderful. But there is one thing. Oh, my gosh. There is one thing. One thing that we just, you know, don't even go there. One thing that it was our first fight when we were dating, and even now we're just like, yeah, just not even going to talk about that. And that one thing is when we try and tell each other how to drive. It's just... We should probably see counseling for it, but, you know, we're working through that. Uh, but you see, all it takes is one little thing about how I'm too close to the car in front of us, or if she'll just speed up, we'll get there right on time. You know, little things like that. But after that, you know, it's just like, no day is shot. But, but it's funny, you know, but we're all the same. You know, we all have our days where we're like, 
you know, nothing can touch me. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you say. I am good to go. And then we have those days where all it takes is one look or one misplaced word or somebody cutting us off or being out of milk or whatever. There's one little thing to set us off. And like I said, most of us aren't even paying attention to the kind of foundation we're building our lives on. We're putting life together. We're building relationships and families and hobbies and religion and stuff. And we're putting it all together on a foundation that is not strong. It's just not working. Listen, you can build your life on a lot of things. You can build your life on many different foundations. You can build your life on your job and your income and your health and your marriage and your relationships and friendships and your kids and your hobbies or whatever. All this stuff. Things that are, you know, are, some of these are good things. Things that most people would say, listen, if you get this one thing right, you're going to be good to go. Okay, but these things are shifting. This is the kind of sand that Jesus is talking about. Things that aren't going to last. Let me ask you this. What happens when when you get laid off? Or what happens when you get injured and you can't work anymore? What happens when your best friend stabs you in the back? What happens when, when the kids move out? Or what, what happens when the doctor says cancer? What happens when your spouse or significant other leaves? What happens when what you've been building your life on gets violently pulled out from underneath you? Listen, I'm, I'm not trying to make light of any of that stuff, and those are some pretty hard storms to weather. But when your foundation is unmovable, when your foundation is strong, when your foundation is rooted and anchored in Jesus Christ, then while those storms are still going to come, you're going to be able to stand firm in those storms and say, you know what? This does not tickle. But this thing is not what my life is based on. No matter how important this thing is not what my life is based on. Because my life is founded in Jesus Christ. And I'm going to trust him in this situation. You see, un until the storm comes, nobody's going to be able to tell what kind of foundation you're building your life on. And if you watch the news at all lately, you've, you've seen this. Relationships and families and just people you thought who had it all together. Everything looked great. All it took was one thing. And then you're like, man, I, just, I don't know what happened. Everything looked good. Listen, you could build your life on a lot of things. You could live your life not doing what God tells you to do and still live a pretty successful life. But until, but when the storms of life come, that's when you and everyone around you are going to know what kind of foundation you are building your life on. This, this isn't an easy thing. I'm not saying I have it all figured out. I try and build my life on unstable foundations all the time. I try and build my own foundation, okay? And I go through life thinking that I've got it all figured out. Right? And then a storm comes and just completely rocks my world. And I've learned that I cannot be my own foundation. You cannot be your own foundation. We're not strong enough. We can't handle it on our own. So me, personally, I, I decided to go with the sure thing. Because we all have a choice. We, we have a choice between a foundation that is the rock, that is unmovable, that's sturdy, that's always going to weather the storms and never break. Or between a foundation that's shifting. Between a foundation that's going to buckle under the pressure. Between a foundation that isn't going to hold strong. And it seems like a pretty logical choice, but sometimes we just don't even think about it. And so, I mean, just to be blatantly clear and completely obvious, 
Step one in this whole process and building that foundation is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because you can be building your life up and doing all this stuff, and unless your foundation is rooted in that relationship, then it's not going to work. You can even be doing religious things, living your life doing religious stuff, but unless your foundation is founded firmly in a relationship with Christ, then it's not going to work. Okay, it, something's going to come, and it's going to mess it up, and you'll be like, man, it starts with that foundation and relationship with Christ. That's step one. And just to be incredibly practical, just some things that we can begin to do to help build our foundation to make it rooted and stronger and firmer. Um, just some simple stuff, but it's, you know, it's important things. It's first of all, just come to church. I mean, I know you're here now, but come back. I mean, I know I'm a little biased, but here you're going to be able to hear the word of God spoken in truth and in love and how we want to help you connect with God. Bring other people with you. Help get them in this process. Another one is, um, is read your Bible. I mean, just read it. Just turn the TV off for five minutes and just read what it has to say for your life. And if you don't subscribe to the Bible on a daily basis, this is, this is going to be an awesome opportunity for you to begin to build that blueprint for your life, to be able to allow those words, God's words, to speak into your life. So if you don't have one, that's why we want you to take one, because it's that important. Another one is is pray. And I know prayer can be kind of weird. It's like, okay, I'm talking to a wall. Um, but it's just listening. It's conversation with God, talking and listening. Sometimes we forget that second part, but it's talking and listening, asking what God wants you to do with your life and how he wants you to do it, trusting that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you. And when he tells you what to do, we do it. Another one that I'm really passionate about and really would love all of us to be a part of is get involved in a life group. You have to be in community. Jesus designed our lives to be in community. Jesus even surrounded himself with a group of people all the time. And if your foundation is shaky in any way, which, by the way, all of ours are, then we need to be involved in community because we can't do it alone. Like I said, we're not, we're not strong enough. And we have plenty of small groups for you to be a part of. We would love for you to join them. We make it really easy on our website. There's a button that says Life Groups. Just click on it. All kinds of information. You can write it on your WhatsApp card. That we have them all over the place. We would love for you to get involved in one. There's probably one that meets in your neighborhood or community. If not, you should start one. But that's just what I'm saying. Um, another one is um, I'm really passionate about is you got to serve. Jesus said, I came not to be served, but to serve. We get at the heart of who Jesus is because he came to serve us. And so when we join him in that, we, we connect with him. And we have some great opportunities for you to do that. We have our uh, Life Point in Action, which is where we go out as a church and serve our community and doing some really cool projects with that. Uh, we have the, what Rob talked about in the mission trip, going to Lali, Manana, Guatemala. Some really great things happening there that we're partnering up and joining with, and we're just really excited to be a part of that. We have a trip coming up in August, and we would love for you to learn more about that and join with us and the team that is going down there. Um, we had... Um, we had the Young Adults Mission, re mission Retreat that was in downtown Raleigh that ended late last night, um, which is really exciting. We had an opportunity to serve with different organizations and really trying to be the hands and feet in our city. And it was really cool, and you can ask anybody who went on that trip, and it was just a really great experience. Another one is here on Sunday mornings you can serve. I mean, ask anybody. This does not, this, this doesn't just happen. It takes a lot of work to make this happen. Just come at 6.30 on some Sunday morning and just watch. I mean, they won't let you watch, but, you know, just try and just see what's going on because it takes a lot. So we have plenty of opportunities for you to get involved here and do that. We also have some great learning opportunities. Um, if you're still trying to figure all this out, we have um, some class-type settings that you can 
that we will offer for you so you can come and learn and you know, begin to learn how to build that foundation. We have our overview class, and all these are listed uh, inside of your program at the bottom of the, the Life Points, these classes. We have our overview class, which is, if you've, I don't care how long you've been going to Life Point, if you've never been to an overview class, it's really important for you to go. It's an opportunity for you to learn more about us as a church, our values and our beliefs, and um, how we want to help people connect with God. We have our rocks class, which is a really cool opportunity for you to learn more um, critical building blocks for your life, to begin to secure that foundation for your life. We have our starting point class, which is uh, it's really cool. It's a small group setting. It's a safe environment where you can come and explore any questions that you have about faith. It's really cool, and those are going on. We would love for you to get involved in those. And if you have any questions, I mean, you can go to our website. There's information out there. You can write it on your WhatsApp card. You can go to the info booth. Believe it or not, there's information there. Um, Rob Perry, our site pastor, is going to be out there after the service. He'd love to talk to you about all this. Listen, this stuff is more important than your job or your school or soccer practice or whatever. Jesus wants us to build our life on a firm foundation that is rooted in him. And everything else is just details. That's where we got to start. And I don't care where you are on your spiritual journey. We have to take these things seriously. We have to get involved in these spiritual disciplines. These are the kind of things that are going to help you weather the storms of life when they come. And listen, you may be sitting here thinking, you know what, I haven't really experienced any storms in my life. Life's been pretty smooth sailing. One, you're very privileged. Um, but, and I'm not trying to scare you or frighten you in any way, but I'm just trying to let you know they are coming and you can ask just about anybody. The storms in life are coming. They get thrown at you. And it's going to be much easier for you to begin to build that foundation now than when you're flowing down a river. All right? So get involved in these spiritual disciplines early. Begin to build that foundation that's going to secure your life. And maybe you're sitting here thinking, listen, I am right in the thick of it. I'm getting hit from all angles in this storm. Where does that leave me? So I just want to tell you, these are the kind of things that are going to help you be able to stand firm. Even when you're in the thick of it, I would encourage you to get involved in community because it's going to be a lot easier to build it with people who are helping you. You ever try to build a house by yourself? It doesn't go too fast. Get involved in the community. Open up to that community. Allow them to speak into your life. Allow them to help you build that foundation and hit these spiritual disciplines hard. These are going to help. They're going to make a huge difference in your life. So, back to the first question. What does God want? Here's what I think. I think God wants us to trust Him. God wants us to build our life, our foundation on Him first and foremost. Okay, and here's the deal. It's your foundation. We can't build it for you. We're not going to be giving out firm foundations at the info booth, and you can't pick one up at Walmart for a discounted price. That'd be sweet. But, I mean, you can get a Bible for pretty cheap. You can get one free for here. But listen, you have to do the building. Okay? It's your foundation. You have to do it. It's, it's like going to Ikea versus Walmart. I don't know if you've ever been to Ikea, but that place is crazy. We had to take a water break to get through it. It's just massive. But anyway, you build it. They don't build it for you. That's why it's so cheap. Anyway, that's the difference. You have to build your foundation because it's yours. But here's the good news. We're not going to leave you hanging. Okay? We're not going to say, hey, here's what's wrong with you, and good luck with that. Next. That's not what we're about. We want to partner with you on this journey. We want to invite you into community that's going to help you build that foundation. We want to help you get connected to God, get connected in a life group, and start learning how to read your Bible and praying and serving. Because that's what we're all about, is helping people connect with God. And we take that very seriously. 
We want you to get involved in environments where you're going to be able to celebrate and connect and contribute. That's, that's what we focus on. And in doing that, in doing those things, your foundation is going to be strong and be firm. And then those storms come, you're going to be able to stand rooted in who Jesus is. So I want to leave you with one of my favorite passages. This is in the Old Testament in the book of Jeremiah. Uh, it's chapter 29, verse 11. This is Jeremiah speaking on behalf of God to his people. And he says this. As for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. So I don't know where you're at right now or what you're going through, but maybe not looking like you have much of a hope and a future. Not feeling very prosperous. God's plan for your life is to give you a hope and a future. So the question to us is, is this. Do we really trust God? Do we really believe that he has our best interests at mind? Because if we do, then we won't even have to ask the question, what does God want? Because he's already told us. And I love that song we sang earlier about the solid rock. And the band's going to lead us again in a couple of verses of it. And listen, allow this to be a time where you allow your heart to connect with God. And if singing to bury for you, don't sing. Allow these words to be spoken to you and for you. But allow this to be your heart song to God. Tell him, God, I want you to be my foundation. I want my life rooted in you and nothing less. So as the band sings, allow that to be your prayer.